0: hey everybody welcome to the daily objective and uh things that i'm an expert on we continues first the royal family and today uh we're going to be discussing the anti-vax forces in our society you know um people ask me oh have you done your research have you done your research about the moon landing have you done your research about the election fraud have you done your re- uh, research on the nine eleven alternate theories? Have you done your research on vaccines? I don't. I hardly know how a band aid works, and you're asking me if I've done research on a vaccine, so I'm sort of in a tough position. I can't exactly debunk all of these people, but is it my job to debunk them? I do believe in a specialized study. I do believe there is a division of labor, including an intellectual endeavors, some people specialize in medicine, and as far as I can understand, the most reputable and uh, reasonable seeming people in the medical world are pro-vaccine. The possible risks are greatly outweighed by the clear benefits. But uh, today we've got a tweet, and this is, I think, indicative of the cultures and many of the constituents that this British politician represents, David Curtin, that's a cool name. I got to hand him that. He says, lockdown and vax is the wrong strategy for dealing with SARS-CoV-2, that over 99% overcome with their own immune system. Hydro, you know, that what I'm trying to say, hydrocloxy, whatever, and this other thing are safe, cheap, and effective, and used in many countries, including India and the Czech Republic. The UK should do the same. Um I generally don't look at those two countries, honestly, to, for medical leadership, but I don't know. At the same time, again, I'm no expert on this. But uh, if, uh, to the extent that the anti-vaxxers have a leg to stand on, I think uh, it's the fact that we need a privatized field of science and medicine, which we obviously don't have. But the correct way to approach issues like this, I think, is not to just beat a drum and say, oh, all science that we have today is tainted, it's... It's uh, it's subsidized, and they don't have the proper axioms to work with, so they're all, they're certain to get the wrong results. I think a better approach to do a better approach is to just find a way to think clearly about it and to look at evidence and to uh, discover the truth. So, here to help me discover the truth today is my co-host. Now, this is a guy who actually the the COVID virus injects itself for protection from this guy. This is a guy who. Let me tell you. If any anti vaxxers want to challenge him to physical combat, look for the guy with the badass beard combo. Oh, he's out there in the streets. He came here to drink beer and kick ass, and he's almost out of beer. Please welcome Mark Pellegrino.
1: What's up, Brooklyn? How you
0: doing? Uh, pretty good. By the way, is this for a, a role that you're playing? This this cool new look, or is yes? This... Okay. Yes. I mean, you you understand? It's it's. Uh, I didn't want to um make any assumptions, maybe this is just your new groove. Anyway, um, are you an anti-vaxxer?
1: No, no, what, what, what is an anti-vaxxer exactly? This is somebody who's just against vaccines in principle? Um, or is this well, just somebody who's against this particular vaccine for this particular virus?
0: I mean, I think they tend to just sort of be suspicious of anything that the government is officially saying do this, or even just a lot of doctors are are prescribing and saying inject yourself with this. I think they tend to be suspicious of is it the flu vaccine or other vaccines that uh, they? Um, Jenny McCarthy said she was not going to uh, inject her own children with, and that became very controversial. I think she was fired from The View or one of these uh, very informed TV shows that she was hosting. So. Um, well, didn't
1: didn't she put forth the idea that vaccines cause autism?
0: That's yeah. That's that, the uh, that's the thing people say It causes autism. I've seen you know various freaky incidents where people became paralyzed or in some way very um, stressed out by the by the uh, side effects. But again, um, are the risks greater than the clear benefits? I would say, as far as I can tell, vaccines are good. I
1: mean, I understand I understand the controversy back in the 18th century when 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 they were vaccinating for smallpox, you know, and the and the idea was to to take some of the dead virus in the pustule of of someone else and, and and deposit it in a in a cut on your own body. How that would lead to skepticism on some people's part. But science was relatively undeveloped at that point. Now we we know the clear benefits of vaccinations. And like you said, they far outweigh. Uh, you know whatever the whatever the issues one may have with them whether it's an allergic reaction or or any other problem that that we have th- th- those are just so minuscule by comparison to to how they arm your immune system against disease i thought that was irrefutable at this point
0: well i, but then so again, I then again
1: i'm convinced that we landed on the moon so I mean what do well I know? in
0: in my opening monologue i some would say unfairly grouped anti-vaxxers with 9-11 conspiracy theorists and theorist is a generous uh title uh, and you know moon landing uh questioners so some people would say hey hey don't associate me with those guys but i I will say yeah it is sort of tempting to uh to compare anti-vaxxers to like medieval superstitious peasants who are just they think it's sorcery, right? Any type of medicine. Oh, nope, you can't trust it. It's 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 a deal with the devil. But, you know, we've got the devil here with us. And he's saying I had nothing to do with this. This is actual science.
1: So but that's the way the devil gets you, though. Just letting you know.
0: That's that's the problem. That's the problem with <laughs> the devil. Um, now, we actually have a check, Czech, a, a check Czech person in the um in the chat room, I believe, Daniel is from the Czech Republic or from Slovakia. He's one from one of these uh, balkanized and broken up. Yeah, he's from Slovakia, according to Razi. So never mind a world of difference between those two countries, if I had to say. Um, but yeah, they are apparently they're using that hydroxy, plexy, whatever that thing is hydroxy, called.
1: I, hydroxychloroquine.
0: I know uh, Rucka's science corner is not exactly uh, turning out to be a very... Uh, great place to stop for uh, information on this all right we've got and I, I am really thankful for this for the not only super chat which we have not gotten any today but for the chat today every chat comment is worth money to me because uh, I'm not exactly well versed in research yet on this Maria says vaccinations are good okay we have we have confirmation governments enforcing them is bad but government enforce a million other things every day True. So is it right to be suspicious of vaccines, I think is the question, because when uh, studies show that climate change is catastrophic, human caused, and the only real solution is for every government to coordinate and cooperate to uh, bring industry under control, when that's sort of what, quote, science says, obviously, many of us say, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's separate actual knowledge from uh, from the BS. So in a, in a case like this, the the anti-vaxxers they can definitely point at me and saying, and they tell me you're treating us the way uh, the world treats Ayn Rand. Like you're treating us like oh uh, you're just dismissing us out of the bag, but you're not even uh, giving us a chance. You're not giving us a, a clear shake. So now as far as government uh, mandating the vaccine, well let's actually think about this. And thank you Christopher for the super chat. Two ninety nine Canadian. Um, I guess $3 Canadian was just too much. I'm joking. Thank you for the super chat. (laughs) So, I mean, what if somebody is a danger to society, right? What if somebody is carrying not only coronavirus, but the Ebola as well? Now, that's something that just knocks you out dead fast. And the government may properly say, nope, uh, quarantine this person until they are not a lethal threat to the people around him. Can the, gov- the government not then also require that person to ingest the vaccine? Is that not reasonable as well? And what if the, what if the uh, virus is rampant? Can the government not properly say as part of protecting your rights is to require that you get vaccinated? And again, this is me thinking out loud, folks. Uh, if I don't say it enough, which I don't say it enough, we are not authorities on anything, let alone objectivism or or legal philosophy or medicine or science. So please uh, let's take this as a way to help you think. I love that disclaimer.
1: Bit. We're not authorities on anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, believe me. <laughs> believe me on that. Uh, but I mean, would it would it never be reasonable for the government to require somebody or maybe even kind of a general mandate if if the virus is rampant. And let's try let's say it is the Ebola because Ebola is a lot more scary than corona. So Ebola is out there. And once you get it, like you get it, you're, it's time to say goodbye. Um, Would it, so let's say it's a really, really dangerous and fast moving virus. Would it, would it not be proper for the government to mandate a vaccine and say, take this or, you know, or. I don't think
1: it would. I mean, if you think about it, uh, the people who take the vaccine are, or going to be mostly immune from the disease and the poor sucker who decides not to is the one who's going to perish of his own irrationality. So, I think the government is within its rights to restrain somebody and quarantine them if they're contagious and refusing to um to hit, refusing to stand down and 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 trying to get out there in the community and and not abiding by the fact that they're they're sick. Well, the government should restrain them at that point, but force them to take a vaccine no I think it's within if it's within people's interests they will and you know uh, employers can make those mandates justifiably right and say well you can't work for us if you don't get the uh, vaccine and and there nobody's rights are being violated and you're you' you're, you're acting for your interests whether you do it or not so no, I don't think the government can ever mandate a, a vaccine
0: sounds fair enough sounds reasonable to me oh thank you Jonathan for the super chat LMH and Maria for the super chats we are making bank today all in the name of science
1: um, 299 Canadian is not bank my friend
0: <laughs> all right how about 199 <laughs> American uh, yeah, that's
1: that's we have a 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus coming out there no that's not much
0: yeah well poor Jonathan he's a uh, hedge fund guy in an age when uh, the world is united against them. Now, if Jonathan were here, he would have a slideshow, a PowerPoint presentation on all the facts we need right now. Instead, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of trying to <laughs> figure this out. <laughs> um, I, I assumed you're an expert on this. Come on, um, you know, Adam Carolla, you know, uh, he would he would say like, I wish all these people. Like he goes, people in L.A. can't drive, right? People in L.A. cannot drive. Why don't they just act? Like, why don't they act? Play the role of someone who can drive well. Like, wouldn't that just solve all of the uh, terrible driving problems in L.A.? So uh, couldn't you just act for us? Just just become that expert for us and uh, give us an episode where we the, at- inform the public?
1: The magic as if can only be so magical, my friend.
0: Yeah, very there, true. There's
1: a point at which the bullshit runs out.
0: Yeah, but I think it, I think, don't we, I think
1: we've hit on the essence, though. I mean, you know, vaccinations are solid science. It's it's solid science. I know that's a cliche now. Everybody's using everybody on both sides of the spectrum are claiming that they're on the side of science, and it's it's being used as a short circuit for actual thinking now to just claim that. But it's solid science that vaccines actually do um, help. Uh, they do keep you immune from disease. So. I don't think the anti-vaxxers have a case. Although I, I understand their perspective, they, the government is untrustworthy, and, and now we see uh, news organizations in cahoots with the government, basically, basically uh, if if they're on the same in the same party line, um, you know, basically promoting whatever the establishment thinks and not giving us the straight story. So I understand people's paranoia about it. Look, I have a family member who refuses to get the vaccine. And her perspective is, it's been too soon. So you also have the that I think that group of people who are very are very intelligent in their own right, who are used to FDA regulations drawing out the uh, the process for the the for a vaccine for years and years and years and years and years and so when that's truncated to an actual normal time people don't feel like it's normal they feel like the trials haven't been done and we don't know whether the thing is safe or not but i think we do i think we do that that other standard was an artifice this is the real thing is in a freer market we would see these kinds of things happening more frequently and it wouldn't be so foreign to us and so scary
0: yeah, yeah, I get like it, it does become very difficult to think clearly about things when we do live in a world where science is subsidized and the various industries are regulated. And it's it's very difficult often to get a clear answer on things. But also it, a lot of what the science we have is accurate and just a perpetual skepticism becomes a, a life and death issue. Seiko um, speak in the chat room says talk about HPV vaccines. Now, speaking of Adam Carolla, his longtime uh, Lo- Loveline co-host, Dr. Drew Pinsky, has spoken about this. So here's where I've heard a little bit about this. There's, an, there's a vaccine you can take when you're, I don't know, 10 years old that makes you immune to HPV. Yep. And I think HPV, in turn, can become cancer or cervical or, or cancer. Like sure. So, I mean, if ever there was a time to uh, take a vaccine, it's just to prevent ever getting HPV, let alone cancer. And um who I mean who can argue with that? Well, a lot of people apparently. So it is controversial in certain circles to inject a child, not only inject anyone with the vaccine, but the, my child. Now
1: and, and and it has that stigma for conservative parents, I guess, that HPV is a is sexually transmitted disease.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's wow. that's what makes it feel creepy to some people.
1: But it's, it's, it's a prevalent thing. And it's something that a man can transfer to a woman without knowing that he has it. The guy could have latent warts uh, and that they don't show up uh, to the naked eye and transfer that to a woman who then gets HPV, which turns into cervical cancer five or six years down the line. Uh, that's my expert testimony and I'm sticking to it. Um, so I would, yes, I, I think my stepdaughter got her HPV shot when she was uh, about 11 or 12. And I think every young lady should.
0: Yeah, it's a, I've heard, it's a
1: preventable disease. Prevent it.
0: the first yeah, century. You mentioned conservatives, and I think to them, it's like they're encouraging their tweens to get out there and have unprotected sex because hey, game on. You can't get HPV, but that's not that's not what the vaccine is. It's it's protecting you for the rest of your life. You can be right. uh, 38 and still be protected from it. So that you know, the time to inject it is now. Similar to birth control, they see uh, a lot of conservatives, certainly in the past, and probably. More so even a lot of them today, they see birth control as this, um, you know, green light to run out there and be promiscuous, but it it has a particular uh, function and giving it to young people, it can protect them from various things and it can help uh, affect their health in various ways that's, it's not necessarily telling them you are now uh free to have sex with anyone you want and there will never be consequences
1: well wait a minute but isn't that the way ben shapiro looks at life but for god and the ten commandments he would be a crack smoking whoremonger
0: he uh he reveals a lot about himself when he (laughs) says that and dennis prager similarly says if there if i found out there was no god do you know what i would be doing chasing women chasing women Yeah, he says things like that all the time. It's very big among conservatives, certainly the Jewish conservatives, like the uh, the sort of Jewish uh, perspective is kind of different from the Christian one. You know, the Christian religion kind of says resist temptation, push it out of your mind and uh, don't even admit you have any temptation or admit you have it, but like shun it. Whereas the Jewish take is more like, yeah, I have temptation. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I have a healthy attitude towards it. I'm aware of it. I'm not going to pretend it's not there. It's natural. And I would be acting on this temptation if God did not clearly tell me to resist. So that's very, a Ben Shapiro, Prager type of thing to say. I wonder how Ben
1: Shapiro's and and Dennis Prager's wives feel about that.
0: I mean, (laughs) I would feel
1: profoundly insulted to be honest with you.
0: It is insulting, but at the same time, they got to be used to it. There's this weird kind of like, um, like understanding among, among these couples. It's like, it's like we're in this together. We all would rather be somewhere else, but also this sort of duty-based marriage sort of brings us together and look at our beautiful kids who we're raising together who will someday be in dutiful marriages themselves. I don't want to completely um, disparage them because they, these, these are largely value-driven people, but their philosophical shortcomings, they come to the surface when they're challenged by you know some of the things we might say here on this show. Also, thank you, Mary Aline, for the super chat. We, now, now we are approaching what they call bank, uh, if, I had to, uh, if I had to say. Look, in this economy- It's, ter-
1: it's terrible that these people who are spokes- spokespersons for the acquisition of values in our culture think that you acquire values by abstaining from life and from joy and embracing something else, this idea of duty, it's so gross. Look, we went from vaccines to values in one conversation.
0: Absolutely. It's all connected. Values, as we mentioned in our literary study episode the other days, to live is to value, as Kira mentions in We the Living. To live is to value. And when discussing the objectivist ethics, you start with what are values. So uh, values are everywhere. And that is the type of clarity that we hope to push. Push. What a, uh, a benign sounding uh, verb. We're trying to push this on you guys. <laughs> uh, you know, again, I'm not an expert. We're not career scientists or, or medit- medicineists, whatever those people are called, right? Um, but we know values. And if we can all sort of uh, share that vocabulary, then maybe the world has a chance. Uh, Christopher in the chat room says his band in high school was called Late Intworts. That's a great name, isn't it? Oh, jeez.
1: Um, well, well. Just one thing. I, I think my my relative did send me an article that the technology that the um, COVID vaccine is based on, this mRNA technology, uh, is that is that what it is? It it has the capacity to unlock cancer, and so the she suspects that down the line this technology is going to be uh, unlocking cancer in people down the road. So lots of people who got the vaccine today will be sick in 10 or 15 years.
0: That's the sort of ongoing uh, fear people have. And in movies and stuff, they had always shows like the reckless scientist or reckless corporate motivated funded scientists are, you know, along with some of the government are you know, they're just looking at their short-term profit margin. And what do they care if everyone dies or gets sick in 15 years? And that's the story of mankind. And uh, anytime you let the profit motive run amok, bad times are ahead because people, they just simply cannot think long-term, right? Back to Ben Shapiro in the bar when there's a, there's a hot chick, you know? Ben Shapiro, he's traveling the world, speaking, getting, get, he's getting bank. If you think our super chat is high, Wait till you see what he gets paid per event. And all these beautiful women around the world are asking him to, for a picture. You know what I'm saying? And he's just saying, yeah, like if not for God watching over me, I don't know how much longer I could resist. But um, values, now that is where we, we all need to meet and we need to look what, what is a value and what is the standard of value? It's not pleasure, but it's also not some intrinsicist, uh dogma. It, the standard value is your life. Now we can properly assess values. and So maybe Ben Shapiro can rationally conclude that his wife and kids are a higher value than a random ratchet young lady in the middle of middle America wanting to take him back to the hotel. And once he uh, explicitly identifies this, he can sort of automatize it to a way where the temptation is lifted. I believe that's possible. I've seen it happen. By the way since I mentioned Adam Carolla and, and dr. Drew have you ever uh, been on Loveline back in uh, back in the day did you ever no, get that I used to listen to it though yeah man that's uh, if you would have said yeah I would have said oh I'm jealous it's uh, it's legendary so everyone uh, keep in mind they're giving medical advice from you know 20 years ago so it might be up outdated but other than that it's a legendary radio show it's all over the internet on YouTube and stuff. And uh, Adam Carolla was born on that show. He, he, he was legendary. If you think my opening monologues are long, wait till you hear some of his little tangents on that show. Legendary stuff. Go check out Line, the radio show. With all of that being said, I hope we've taught you something about the vaccines and anti-vaxxers and all of that. I hope you've learned a lot here today. Um, or maybe you've only retained the word values. That's really uh, all we can hope for. We are about to jump over to um, Clubhouse. Join us on the Radio Ragnar Ragnar uh, Group Club. We're going to be uh, having a room there as soon as we're done here. And after every show, we're jumping over to Clubhouse. So join us there. And the best part is we want to hear what you think. You actually get to get on the stage and give your opinion. So yeah, you're anti-vax. You have the floor. Also, please consider becoming an Iron Rand Center UK member. It's your chance to get exclusive content, study groups with some great objectivist thinkers, and you get to uh, help this thing grow, folks. We really want to uh, see more of this type of content. And who knows, maybe we can actually get a scientist on here to explain the issue to me and Mark. Thank you, Mark. And uh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, everybody watching. Thank you, Rosie behind the scenes. See you guys on Clubhouse momentarily. And see you back here tomorrow on the Daily Objective. Goodbye.